Welcome to Don't Tell Baba, the conversational podcast with Middle Eastern flair. My name is Shireen and my co-host is Nude. And today we are joined by a special guest, another person we met at the Yellow Let's Talk conference, Xavier. Xavier, would you like to introduce yourself to our audience? No. All right. This episode <laughs> is over. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> That would be like the the quickest, easiest podcast I ever made. You want to do stuff? No, thank you. Right. Well, I guess I'm going to do it at this point. It's like a long... Hi. Hello, my dear listeners. My name is Xavier. Um, I met the team of the Don't Tell Baba podcast at the YLT conference. I'm a magician slash... Shit, I'm going to start saying slash entrepreneur because I I have my hands on a lot of things. So I'm just going to have to say that. Uh, and I am originally from Lebanon, and I'm here in Toronto right now, uh, living the dream. <laughs> Did anyone book the satire, the, the the sarcasm at the end, living the dream? No one. Yes, sure. yes, yes. Oh yeah, yes, yes. yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's I think it's very much implied to all of us. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I honestly just wanted to say how excited I am that we have a fucking magician on the podcast. Like, what the fuck is up? We're diversifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got it i know right and like i should probably i should probably like tell tell my uh yellow let's talk conference story because we we like met met uh xavier backstage right because we went on right after him and i remember one of the first things i said to him was that i wanted to knock him down a couple of notches and i told him i told him that i don't like magicians honestly that gave me a lot of boost of confidence before i went to speak so i appreciate that Damn it. Damn it. God damn it. I, I feel like maybe that was Xavier's all-time famous sarcasm. No, see, okay. That was like a mix of both. Because I the way I work, I actually got really motivated when I get a negative like comment. So when she was like, I hate magicians, I was like, oh my god, I'm about to kill this shit. Like I got, I got a <laughs> to go on stage. Oh, wait, can I can I can I swear here? Sure. Okay. When there's a moment where I okay. have to swear, I'm going to let it out. All right, cool. Sorry, you were saying. Yes, please swear whenever you want. Um, Just to everybody listening, I'm not Fuck. usually that much of it. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that. I had to let it out. My bad. Okay. I am not usually that much of an asshole in real life, but for some reason, I just really don't like magicians. Um, And here we are. So Nude is super excited about diversifying. I'm also excited about diversifying because I could stand to chill a little bit. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> a couple of things that, Xavier, a couple of things that I remember about you. Number one, you're super fashionable. You were like rocking vertical striped pants at the conference, and I was super into that. That was cool. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You have three sisters, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, you started university after high school in Lebanon. Is that correct? No, no, no. I, um, I went to university here at York University. Okay, amazing. So what year was that that you started? Oh, fuck. It's 2020 now. Two, three. Oh, my. Yeah, listen, let me tell you something. I'm actually the worst when it comes to this question. For some reason, I always, I, I want to say four, but it's definitely not. So you know what? Let's just say I went to university in 20, drumroll, uh, 13, 14? 2014. 2014. 
Okay. Um, yeah. Shushu, we started university in 2010. So 2014, we were like graduating mm-hmm. and little baby yeah. Xavier was making his way to his first class at York. Aw. Yes, basically. Not... Yeah. I, 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 I shouldn't have bullied a little baby. <laughs> I, feel, I feel bad now. You should feel bad. I went home crying. <laughs> I'm I'm so sorry. Unfortunately, it cannot be undone, and you must recover your self-esteem on your own. Oh I'm trying. Um, <laughs> I love this girl. I know. I love this. Okay, so Xavier, when you started university in, let's say, 2014 at your... Yeah. What, what did you start with? Like, what did you go in to study? Oh, okay. Uh, I actually enrolled at York University for astronomy. Really? Yeah, so why? Okay, that's a very good question. So basically, before, like in high school, I had convinced myself, and when I say convinced myself, I mean my my dad convinced me. Therefore, I convinced myself that I was born to be in the physics slash mathematical uh, field. And like jokes aside, I was actually really good at it, and I fucking hated. It. I was good at it because you know, like I'd be sitting in class and I have I have attention disorder. So, like, you know, I'm juggling, like, five different things in my head just because, again, ADD. And then the, the, the prof would ask a question, and I somehow know the answer for it. So, like, secretly, I think I'm a genius, right? But anyways. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, I would, like, and my dad is a PhD in pure mathematics. So, I used to piss him oh. off even more. Yeah, because he used to, like, sometimes when, when he was here, when you come to visit, he would... Um, Pooter me, I guess. He would force me <laughs> to study with him. And I would always, like, know the answers. But the way I would know them is, like, as I'm answering, I'm literally, like, doing a yoga position slash, like, you know, jumping around. So that used to, like, get on his nerves. So the reason why I, I, I went to astronomy is because, you know, like, I, I was good at physics and math. And I just personally love space until this day. Like, I, I, I can talk about it for hours. I'm insanely fascinated by it. But yeah, that's that's why I did what I did. Xavier, what's your birthday? Oh God! Oh my God! I, I'm, let me tell you something. I will not tell you that. I refuse to tell you because I know where this conversation is gonna go. Ah, oh, uh, fuck! And I can I cannot I can I cannot have this conversation with you. I'll start I start screaming. My, my the vein the the vein in my forehead will actually explode, and I don't want it to explode. That's oh fine. my god that's fine you're I'll... torturing her though it's Poor okay mood. i'll find out i'll find out on the internet it's okay, okay. <laughs> how, about the, how about this I'll, i'm gonna i'm gonna fuck with you guys and i will tell you but i will tell you in 15 minutes not now just because okay well i have absolutely uh no stake in this you but you can tell us or not tell us and i'll yeah, be yeah, totally I'll fine with it i'm gonna i'm gonna stop i'm gonna stop playing around i was born 1996, July 16. So I am a cancer, and that means I'm very sensitive. I know. You're a cancer? I would have never guessed. I would have never, ever guessed. Your rising sign has to be an air. Anyways, it doesn't matter. That's not what today's episode is about. Although, Xavier, your website looks sick, man. Oh, don't say that. I hate my website. Oh my god, I'm actually like in the process of like really get, getting a lot of new content to update it. I appreciate you saying that, I really do, but I think it, it could be approved like significantly. But I, appreciate I mean, you your birthday that. is your birthday is not on here, which is like my major complaint. But besides that, it's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so you went into astronomy. Yeah. But how long did you stick to that? How long were you at school for? And uh, what happened? Uh, I lasted about like five minutes, to be honest with you. And then, 
you know, I actually dropped out like a month and a half, I think. A month, mm. month and a half. I, I Listen, I shit you not. I shit you not. I remember the night I decided to drop out. I remember it like it was yesterday. It's actually scary how oh. I remember it. Because that was a month. I, I think. Okay. It's actually like, I love how you're excited for it, but I'm about to like change your whole mood because it's really sad. But basically, <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah, sorry. But basically, the whole time I was in school, I was like, yo, I fucking hate this. Because I initially didn't want to go to school the first year. I just wanted to take like, a year off. But that wasn't an option because I'm Arab, right? So, yeah. A month, well, yeah. Uh, so, a month and a half in, my dad was here because he doesn't live with us, right? He's in Lebanon. He's usually in Lebanon. But he just so happened mm-hmm. to be visiting us here. And I remember sleeping, or not sleeping, like laying down on my bed and thinking that I have to wake up the next day because uh, I had an 8 a.m. class, but it takes me like an hour and a half to subway. And I have to, you know, I'm just like basically calculating how my day is going to be. And I literally like, so imagine my limbs are not moving, right? Like they are not moving, but somehow my whole body is going up and down on my bed. That's how angry I was. I, like, I just fucking hated life. So I kept doing that and I started screaming. I, I, how do you describe this emotion? It's not anger. It's like I was panicking, I guess, right? And yeah, then, I call that a panic attack. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's actually the best way to describe it. Yes, I definitely was having a panic attack. And then my dad comes in, tries to calm me down. My sister comes in as well. And then, like, they're telling me what's wrong. I'm telling them, like, I cannot do this. I physically, mentally, spiritually, whatever word you want to find, I cannot do this. And then the following day, I did not go to school, and I just dropped out. Like, bro, this is not for me. I can't do it. Jesus. Fuck, Xavier. You weren't kidding. That's... I'm yeah. so sorry that it got to that for you, man. I'm I'm so sorry. That sucks. No, honestly, don't be because I'm. The, when I look at it now, I'm, I'm very glad I only lasted a month and a half. Because if for some reason I was actually strong enough to last for two years, and then I decided to quit, yo, the amount of time that I would have wasted. Oh my god. So no, I look at it as a blessing now. I'm happy it happened. Okay, so you knew going in that you yeah. didn't want to do university. You didn't want to do the school thing. Like you already knew that. Oh yeah, 100%. How? How did you know before starting university that it wasn't going to be for you? Okay, so I'm I'm 23 years old now. I will definitely tell you in the last like 5 years, I've been a child. I think this is the year where I feel like I'm becoming an adult. However, since I was a kid, I've always had this thing about me which I don't know why I have it but thing that I do is I always ask why right I question everything Mm -hmm. literally everything that I see happens I always question it so when I was last year in high school and the conversation started to happen about uh like okay you just have to choose you know your next uh four years where you're going to commit to blah blah and I'm literally in class I remember I even asked my prof I'm like ask your question they're like sure I'm like why do you guys expect us to make a commitment for four years as a 17 18 year old and to pay like X amount of money at this age with no experience whatsoever. It just did not make any sense to me. It didn't. Like I'm supposed to understand slash commit to me being, I don't know, like a doctor or some shit because I read it in a book. Fuck out of here, bro. I need I, I need to go to the hospital myself. I need to see how they work. I need to talk to a doc. I need to do all these things first. And that's why I try to convince my dad and even my profs back then. But no one really wanted to see eye to eye with me. So I'm like, okay, this is how I know it's even more bullshit because you guys don't even want to answer my question. And that's one thing, honestly, I want to tell you guys and like the listeners, if you're ever in a situation where you ask the authority why and they scramble and don't know how to answer, then whatever situation you're in, get yourself out of there. Because if it's something that makes sense, 
or that's something that you're in a situation where you feel like you will get something out of it, then if you question it, there should be answers coming from it. There has to be. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I've been in this position with students because, Xavier, you know I'm a teacher. I'm a supply teacher now, but I used to teach full-time. But I get in this position with students even now when I'm supply teaching where they're like, why is this like this? And it, (laughs) I mean, it's a fucking shitty question to get because usually my answer is something along the lines of, it is bullshit. The system is bullshit. All of Mm -hmm. this is bullshit. You can either buy into the bullshit or choose now to walk away from it and make your own path. But I warn you, if you choose to walk away from the systems that have been put in place, you are purposely taking on a more difficult path for yourself. You may be wildly successful. You may blaze a trail for others. You may be known for the rest of your life for making a different choice here, but you Mm -hmm. may also fail. And that's what you need to know going in. For sure. By the same time, I think there's also common grounds. Like, you know what's funny? Until this day, I'm not necessarily against school. I can see myself one day going back and doing astronomy. But my argument is you cannot expect a child to immediately jump into a four-year commitment. That's insane. Like, you, you have mm-hmm. you have to give me some time to be like, I don't know, like, go go visit NASA, you know what I mean? Like work any type of job to just understand Mm -hmm. how employers are. Because there's so many things about life that are not taught in high school and in university that when you graduate as a 22-year-old or maybe 26, whatever the case may be, if you end up doing your master's, you're still lacking so many skills that you need when you get a job that I would even argue you might be like, it's too late for you to almost learn. You know what I mean? But it's not, school yeah. will never leave. It's never too late for me to go. I can go back to school right now if I want to. And I feel much more comfortable because now I have a much more, better understanding of how the world works. Because I actually got put myself out there. I, I got different jobs. I did, I did Y, I did Z. But for a 17-year-old to commit to that, that's an insane amount of pressure, man. It really is. And I, I just could not do it. I couldn't. Shushu, you and I talk about this all the time. We always play the what game. We play the what if game a lot. And I think even worse. So on one hand, we're being forced to decide what we want to do at the age of 17. And then on the other hand, as Arabs, we're kind of not given a very big pool of things to choose from. Yeah, you're really not. Like, are you a doctor or a lawyer? Uh, What's the third one? Doctor, lawyer, engineer? Engineer, engineer. Hey, I'm an engineer. (laughs) Yeah, like it's either these three or you're a disgrace. So it's like, fuck, which one do I pick? I pick disgrace, but it's all good. I'm female and a teacher, but also a disgrace. So, like, I'm transitioning out of my job right now in my late 20s, arguably. 27 is late, right? Like, I have to come to terms with that. No, I call that mid-20s. Continue. Okay, I, so wait, can I actually say something real quick? Yeah. I actually don't think it's late. And I think, and you can correct me here if I'm wrong, I think the only reason why you think that is because you subconsciously have compared yourself to other people who may have done a career choice change and then you're like thinking about their age. Am I right by saying that or no? I mean, yeah, maybe. But most of the people I know who have changed careers have done it in their 40s. And that's one Mm -hmm. of the things that like fucked me up so badly when I started having difficulty in my career was seeing people in their like 40s and 50s either being like, okay, I'm going to make a huge change with this huge responsibility and mortgage and family and like so much responsibility on my back, but I'm going to take this leap. And I'm like, oh, no, that's scary. And I hate it. And then on the other hand, I see people who are like, 
it's fine. I'm just going to suck it up until I retire and choose to be miserable for the next 20 years. And I'm also like, oh, no, that's fucking scary, too. Mm -hmm. But like now I'm in the middle of it and it's fucking scary now. Like there's no good way Mm -hmm. to transition out of something. And you're right. These transitions happen because the choices were made by like a 17 year old being like, okay, this is what I'm going to do with my life. And then you hit 40 and you're like, oh, I made a bad call at 17. Fuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's um, life is quite uh, complicated. Right. But that's what I think makes it beautiful at the same time. You know? Oh, (laughs) <laughs> look at me i'm honestly the master i just switching moods i can make you happy then depressed it's just like it's a, it's a nice mix shireen you want to take him down a peg well i was just gonna be like fuck capitalism right like yes life is so complicated and cool but at the same time it could be less so it could be yeah, less true it could just be like fine bernie sanders for president <laughs> please oh my god <laughs> Your girl has been hustling hard. We are, the establishment does not want us to win anyway. Okay, so Xavier, you have a brutal, messy panic attack. You stop going to school. Now what? Uh, Now enters the the stage of insane amount of depression. That shit was fucking terrifying because I didn't know what to do. My parents weren't supportive. I even like remember getting the the weirdest jobs just to like kill time. And I, I don't want to go into too many details, but it's just like, it wasn't really working out. And I don't know, it was just a very, very bad rough year. Like I just felt empty in the inside. I felt like I had no purpose. Uh, I had the way I unfortunately am as a person, which I'm working on it is when I got really sad and upset, I, I literally just cancel out everyone in my life. So I stopped talking to my friends um family i wasn't talking to them really um so it was it was pretty bad shireen does this sound like anyone you know i was just gonna ask you if it reminds you of anyone you know yeah are we, are we all are, are we all the same is that what it is i'm i'm bipolar type too so i've had my fair share of the dark times you describe um mm-hmm. i've also had my fair share of the of what you describe as your add which is similar to my general way of being during mania, which is very anxiety inducing and frightening. And then come the night terrors and it just gets worse. It's fine. It's totally okay. But Xavier, you you speak very deep truths. (laughs) The great story of uh, Nuda and I's friendship is that she disappeared for five years. Yeah. It's now back. Oh, wow. Can we switch? Is why I was... Can we switch roles? Can I interview you guys? Because I'd love to hear that story. We'll start your own podcast, my man. Uh, (laughs) That was such a good comeback. Honestly, I I appreciate that. I might have to do that just for you guys. And then I'll retire after one episode. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be hilarious. You know what? I mean, you can't can't really do any better once you've reached your peak. So, Look at you. Bad bitch. Bad bitch vibes. Yes? You know how I fucking know that Xavier is Lebanese? Uh-huh. How? The fucking flattery is so on point. <laughs> and I'm still I'm still immune to it after having left Abu Dhabi 10 years ago. What gives? <laughs> I'm still immune. That's crazy. How does that work? <laughs> I don't know. I've been I've been like a I've been just a, a terrible person this whole time. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so horrible depression we have a series of jobs we don't know what we're doing for a year so that happens and 
my dad at that point towards the end of the year was back in Lebanon and then um, and then he tells me, hey, do you want to just come visit me in Lebanon, you know, cool out, let's figure something out. I'm like, all right, cool. So I go back, I go back to Lebanon. And uh, that's what, what I actually mentioned in my speech at that conference. That's when I discovered magic. I literally stumbled upon magic by fucking by accident. Like I just saw a deck of cards. I, I YouTubed how to magic and then bada bing, bada boom. I'm doing card tricks for fun. But it was also at the same time where I unfortunately was like a typical, typical guy. And I was just like, eat, sleep, breathe, gym. So I was jacked like no one's business. It was insane. <laughs> but at the same time, I was a fucking idiot. Like I didn't know what I was doing, but it was working for me for that time. So I ended up enrolling at Seneca College uh, for fitness and health promotion. So then what, what happened afterwards, it, I found it very, very interesting how I think about it. Now, I want to make it very clear. I am not one to believe in God. And I think you guys saw what happened at the conference. It was a very awkward slash funny interaction. But uh, I'd like to think I'm what an happened? atheist. But, what, you don't know what happened? No, what happened? Wait, what oh, happened? Okay, I even have a video of it. I'm going to have to send it to you guys. You guys are going to shit your pants. It's so funny. But basically, um, you know, I was vlogging through the conference, right? I had no idea. Really? I had no idea. I had the camera. Oh, okay. Well, I guess you guys saw me like before my speech. So I put my camera away because I didn't want to have it on my hands. I was vlogging through the conference. And basically, I go inside to watch some of the speakers. And this one speaker, I'm not going to name names because I don't want to out him, even though in the video that I posted on YouTube, he's there. So it is what it is. But he's like, everyone stand up. When he said that, I immediately turned on my camera. I'm like, oh my God, something juicy is about to go down. Stand up. <laughs> and I'm recording myself, right? And then he's like, if you're a Muslim, please sit down. In my head, I'm like, oh my God, I cannot wait to see how this shit is going to turn out. <laughs> I look around, three quarters of people sit down. So I'm like, okay, cool. You guys, are, uh, most people here are Muslim, alhamdulillah, whatever. And then afterwards, he's like, okay, if you're a Christian, please have a seat. I turn around, but now everyone sits down except for who? Oh <laughs> so now I'm standing up, I'm looking around, and I'm like, there's no way. Come on. I know one of you guys is at least like an agnostic or some shit. And then you can hear him in the background saying, and it's okay if you're agnostic, if you're a Buddhist or atheist, you can sit down. And when he said that, I raised my hand and I had like the biggest smile on my face and I sit down and I stopped recording. Uh, oh. But yeah, that happened. Oh my, oh my god, god. that's that so was... awkward. That's so awkward. Nude and I were not in the room uh, when this talk happened. I, I, so... I, I wish I, I needed someone to be there with me, just like we can have our own cult or group or some shit. Because I oh think a lot god. of people now for sure think I like worship Satan. Like I'm a magician who's an atheist. <laughs> hey, so, just so yeah. we're like all clear, Satanists are like humanitarians and the entire like cult of satanism quote unquote is like this hugely blown out of proportion thing by the media actual mm -hmm. satanists are lovely people i would love to meet one of them and to, to sit down with them because i don't know much about them all i know is that you know they dress up in like you know weird weird shit at least i think they're weird but at the same time it's like Yo, man, the whole religion topic thing is just like, you do whatever you want. Just don't get in my business. I won't get in yours. And it, it's just that simple. That, yeah, whenever... that's all of Satanism is just like, leave me the fuck alone and I'll leave you the fuck alone. In fact, Satanists Boom. are like famous for going into schools and making, what did they stop? 
oh my God, it was like prayer in the morning, like 15 minutes of prayer or something. And they made uh-huh. that stop. They're like, if you're going to, yeah, they're like, if you're going to be praying to, you know, Jesus Christ, then I insist that my child also have 15 minutes to pray to Satan. And like in that That's way, they. Exactly. Man, like, like just, yo, know, religion should just be between you and your God. Once you start, and I love how, you know, I love how they make it sound so peaceful. Be like, oh, we're just going to add this thing. Allow people to pray to their God. What you're not understanding is you're subconsciously now affecting everyone around them, where it should just be a decision that you make freely on your own. Like if you believe in what the Bible says, what the Quran says, whatever book says, bro, I promise I'll be so happy for you. You go to church every Sunday. You do your boo. I'm not against it, (laughs) but I am insanely against when you come in my bubble that I've worked so hard to maintain and you're like, oh, let me just pop it real quick because how come you don't believe in Jesus Christ? Bro, how come you don't, I don't know, fucking believe in like, I don't actually, I don't even have to say it, but I'm going on a tangent right now. But yes, I I am an atheist. I'm going to put that out there and yeah. This has been my favorite Baba Pod tangent of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get it, baby. (laughs) So, I'm not an atheist. I am an unspecified species of spiritual, um, which people don't like because they're like, if you believe in something, then just call it Allah and pray. And I'm like, "Mm, yes, but not so fast. But maybe I don't believe in Allah. I believe in something else. What's wrong with that? It's like, yeah, it's it's more like the, you know, the spirit of the universe. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is under- dude you're kind of like wiccan a little bit i'm yeah i'm i'm wiccan but if you tell a muslim parent that you're wiccan they have a heart attack so okay but you're also making the assumption that a muslim parent would know what a wiccan is right because i actually don't <laughs> to be honest with you my parents are like frighteningly woke because they have me as a daughter they know too much oh fuck that's the worst having woke parents oh my god no my parents like- are thank thank god like my dad messaged me today like Hey, uh, can you tell me how to use Zoom? What is Zoom? I was like, ah, oh, thank God. Yeah, I will I'm gladly tell you how. <laughs> Meanwhile, when my parents were talking to me about the trans military ban, they knew like every part of that story and like were able to have a very mature, woke conversation. I remember walking away from that being like, you know what? I did a good job educating. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought of that. And actually, you know, since just we're on the topic, I just want to say one last thing. You know what's something that's been on my mind like a lot? Like 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 a lot a lot. When I say a lot, I mean it consumes it consumes me every day. So I'm I obviously what I what I do for a living, like it involves me talking to people a lot. I constantly think of what people say, how they say it, why they say it, why I do all the things I do, why I say and so on. And then I came to this conclusion. We live in a world where everyone gets to talk about whatever the fuck they want, which is great. But at the same time, I feel like if it comes down to conversations that are quote-unquote sensitive, I think the best, smartest decision to do is if you're not knowledgeable about it, don't enter the conversation because you will always lose. Like if I go right now, right, and I want to talk about trans, what, what is it? What we just said. The trans military ban. Tragic. That, that one. I personally know nothing about. So if I go in there and I'm like, 
yo, I hate trans people. And then you like have a lot of opinion on it. I will lose. And I will look like the stupidest guy in the world. Why? Because I don't know anything about it. But why do I hop in it? Why do most people do it? Because I don't know. I feel like everyone feels like they deserve to have like a presidential platform. You know what I mean? Oh my God. (laughs) But but it's like, but bro, you know nothing. You have no idea what you're talking about. Just like, it's like me going to a chef and be like, hey, chef, I, I, I see how you season that chicken. But I think if you sprinkle a little bit more zatar, it tastes better. Like, who am I to say that? Who am I? I've never barely cooked in my entire life. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's wow. it. Those are my two cents. I just want to put that out. Wow, I feel lighter now. That's crazy. <laughs> These interviews are just therapy at the bubble pot. I swear to God, they are. I will, I will eat transfer after this, honestly. This, this shit cross Oh my <laughs> God, get the fuck out. That's not how we roll. As okay, I thank God. Thank fucking God, because <laughs> events are being canceled right now, and it's kind of looking tough for me for the next two weeks. So I'm glad you said that. <laughs> oh, Yo, yeah. that's true. You're like legit out of work for a little bit, eh? Kind of, but my one of my role models is, is Jay-Z. You ever hear Jay-Z say, I can sell water to a well? You ever heard that? No. Okay, well, he says that. He says, I can sell water to a well. Nice. That's right? Genius. Yeah, and then I, I like to, like, uh, live with that motto. So, I, like, I can sell Zatar to an Arab. You know what I mean? So, I, <laughs> I, I, I should be fine. I'm already finding different ways to, like, you know, cope with this unfortunate circumstance that we are in. I know you can. You've, you've got this. Yeah. You've got this. Um, at the yeah. end of the episode, if there's like any online stuff that you're doing, like maybe YouTube live shows or something mm-hmm. to keep people entertained while we're in self-isolation, maybe yeah. you should plug it at the end. Oh, yeah, I definitely will. 100%. I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. So we've dropped out. We've been depressed. Mm-hmm. We've been through yeah. a bunch of jobs. We go to Lebanon. We start yeah. doing magic tricks off yep. of YouTube with yes, shitty internet. 100%. My God, this shittiest of them all. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I just remember where we left the conversation. Um, so I decided to go into fitness and health, go back to Canada. And the reason why I brought up the whole atheism thing is because what happened to me next, if if God exists, he did it. If he doesn't, and I don't think he does, then it's some kind of energy or just a weird coincidence or a butterfly, you know, flipped its wing and then it happened to me. But... Basically, the, the first year I go into this program, in my head, I'm actually kind of excited because I'm like, oh, you know, I have like this nice body. I'm only going to get bigger. I'm going to be the sickest personal trainer. And then boom, I get the nastiest injury known to man fucking kind. Uh, oh, I don't know if I, I don't know if you guys saw, I have the fattest scars on both of my elbows because what happened was my ulnar nerve, which is responsible for the movement of my um, ring finger and my pinky and it's also connected to my face uh, I completely crushed it on both of my arms like oh my fucking god how holy yeah. shit because remember I told you I was an idiot at the gym so I was just lifting too heavy <laughs> I wasn't doing what I should be doing so I had to go to like five different doctors and the last doctor I went to I shit you not told me like yo we're gonna do this surgery because you're in so much pain but I can't promise you anything and I was in so much pain that I literally looked at it, I was like, bro, fuck it. Let's try it out. And I got lucky and it worked. So I did it again on my other arm. But that basically kept me out of the gym and from really like even extending out my arm for like four years. So for four years, I was just like a potato. I, c- I couldn't do much. But um, this is the irony is that because I, I, I lost sensation in my fingers and even till this day, 
uh, I used to be self-conscious about it, but I don't, I, like, I'll, I'm, I'm about to point it out right now. If you stare at me speaking, you'll see the bottom of my lip go sideways without me controlling it because it got so bad that one day I hit my elbow and I passed out because, like, it struck, like, the, my whole nervous system. So my, my bottom, yeah, my bottom lip is, like, forever affected, but it is what it is. So then when I did the surgeries and I had to, like, you know, retrain how to, my fingers to move, magic helped me out a lot because I was shuffling cards all the time. So it made my fingers mm. really strong. Um, and, yeah, that was a blessing in disguise because I could not get into the fitness industry because, you know, in the fitness industry, you have to look good to, like, fucking, you know, make something out of yourself. And I lost so much weight, guys. It was disgusting. Like, it was really bad. Um, and I had no muscle left on my body. So I had no career basically in that. So I was kind of forced to, you know, to find something else <laughs> basically, even after I graduated. But yeah. Like, okay, Xavier, like uh, there's so much to address here, but I find a hard time like addressing it without, there's so many things. How big, like how big are we talking? Like, were you thinking of like competing? Like, yeah. were you going to body? Holy shit. Say, you were like, uh, I was, I wasn't, but but here's the thing. I was like, I wanted to compete, but not in the sense of because I was huge. Because when it, when it comes to competing, like physique, there's different ways to do it. You can like you know be like Arnold, like where you're massive, or you can be like not on steroids and you know just like insanely fit and healthy. I was like that because I'm blessed with like I think good genetics in the sense of I have super low. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Thank you God for blessing me. I appreciate. It. But. Um, <laughs> Uh, that was that was a nice poke there but anyways um like i have really low body fat so i was like it, it looked like i was uh i was not eating in a good way like my abs were just insanely defined my shoulders my chest everything i was like oh my god yes i so can't like, wait to go on stage but yeah that didn't happen so like xavier this was like a big part of your identity oh 100 that's all my friends literally just knew me as the guy who works out it was that much that's all i did wow all like, i did was no work out eats everything like, I know you because I've been, like, next to the fitness industry for a long time. I've participated in every fad from fucking CrossFit to fucking spin. Like, I've done it mm -hmm. all. I've seen, I've had friends who've competed. I've seen their meal plans. It's absolutely horrendous. I would yeah. never, ever, ever in my life. It is just so horrifying. It is one of the hardest things to do. But, mm -hmm. like... To be in that industry, to be in that competitive mindset, it really does become your whole life. So to go from that to suddenly you have no use of like extending your arms, which is like the gym rat's whole fucking thing. Literally. Yeah, <laughs> that's bad. Yeah, Like, holy shit, man. I feel like you're really underselling the brutality of this. And I don't mean to sensationalize, but I really want to take a second and like this was really brutal. Oh, no, yeah. That, that was like, so, you know, I was telling you guys I got insane depressed after dropping out. That that one hit me hard because I, like, like you're right. I actually did lose my identity. I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do. I'm stuck in this program because I already, like, you know, committed to it. Uh, it actually brought me a lot of negatives. But again, just the way my mentality is right now, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm excited for the future. So I never look back at it and like, oh, my God, no, why did this happen? So Xavier Caffrey, the one-time astronomer, son of a PhD baba, drops yeah. out, works odd jobs, decides to go into fitness, fucks mm -hmm. up his nerves in both arms. Yep. Yeah. Now what? 
Mm. Now, now there's a very interesting uh, transition. So second year at Seneca, I fell in love. And when I say I, f- I fell in love, like, I'm not even going to lie to you. May- I might cry during this podcast. That's how much I, I have emotions for this girl. Um, so basically, I was uh, ended up getting a job as a Don at my residence. And the, one of the girls that was on my floor, she was Lebanese, liked me. I had no idea because I'm a fucking idiot. But then, uh, long story short, we got together and it was... Uh, it was better than the movies. Do you know what I, do you know those ones where I literally, I've, you know, cause I was like insanely depressed. I don't know. And I would always tell her like, you are the cure that no one could ever like give me. Like this girl made me so happy. It's fucking insane. However, we, after I graduated, I did, I, I get like, I didn't know what to do and all that jazz. And I started that. That was at the same time where I was considering taking magic seriously. And it was also at the same time I'm taking the girls seriously. Like I'm convinced this is the one I marry. I, 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 I'm not interested in anyone else. That's all I want in my life is to make this girl happy. But I had to make her parents happy. Da, da, da. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. And um, when I had made the decision that I want to be like, like a magician, like a full-time magician, she's like, mm-hmm. maybe I support you and all that, but you know, it's a risky thing to do. What if, just go to school, go try something at York. Like you're, you seem like you have a good business mindset. Go be, be do a, do business at York. So I'm like, I don't want to, it's going to be a waste of time. Long story short, I enrolled at York and I remember I literally enrolled just for her. Like I would call her after my classes because mm-hmm. I was so upset and I would talk to her because in my mind I was like, okay, I, this is the girl of my dreams. Like I'm, I will do anything for her. Um, but after one semester, summertime came through and I just like hit rock bottom. I was like, me and her are arguing a lot because she knows I don't want to be in school. Uh, we're having fights about a bunch of other stuff. And I knew she would never break up with me because she was just one of those people. So I had to make the really, really hard decision of telling her, listen, none of us want to admit to it, but I like I have to pull the plug. Like I, I, have, to, I have to be selfish and choose myself over you. Because you're not letting me do what I want to do for with my life, and to be honest with you, I don't know if I want to, you know, like go to school for years, graduate, get married to you, move in. Like I don't know if I'll be happy. I think I'll actually be more depressed, and I never want to be the guy who says shoulda, woulda, coulda. So we break up, and then what happens the next two years following that will actually blow your mind. People don't believe me when I tell them, but I I was obviously like still in love with her, and all I wanted to do was. I don't know, it's like just to find a way to make it work. So I use that as motivation to um, like, you know, find as much success as I can in my field. Mm-hmm. And that's when the grind mode hit like next level. Like I gave no fucks about anyone around me because in my head, I was like, I'm going to be so successful that she's going to notice me, right? Her parents are going to notice me mm-hmm. and no one's going to be able to say shit, right? And then I started getting into uh, the... The community work, I suppose. So I don't know if you guys were aware, but I organized two like huge protests in uh, downtown Toronto for the Lebanese Revolution. Ooh. Yeah, uh, nice. like, well done. Thank you, thank you. Um, and then afterwards, I did a potluck. I, I ended up starting a group. I uh, also uh, did a uh, charity gala event, which that was the craziest thing in my life because everyone told me that it's impossible, that you're crazy for doing it, and then. 
I literally, I oversold the event in like two weeks, basically. Mm. Now, are you guys ready for this? I, I think you have to sit down from about to tell you. It's about to I'm like on the edge of my goddamn seat. Yeah, no, you're actually going to lose your mind for this. So, okay, here's, here's the situation. For two years straight, guys, I'm literally, I'm not exaggerating. I cried maybe three times a week. I would read old messages. I would read letters she sent me. I, it was really fucking brutal. I could not, like, I, it, was, it was very difficult, right? And I knew in order to win her back, I could not reach out to her. It was just impossible because I know she was going to turn me down. So I had to either find a way where I'd get, like, fucking famous, you know, so she has to message me in my head. That's why I convinced myself. Or... Because now I'm doing this community work, I'm like, I'm like basically getting famous in the Lebanese community. I'm eventually going to meet up someone who knows her, who's going to be like, oh, wow, like you used to date her. Like, we should tell about the good things you're doing, right? Yeah, I get that. One day I get a DM. I get a DM from this girl. She's like, hey, I just wanted to let you know, um... I've always wanted to like do some community work for Lebanese people. And I wanted to like, you know, start it like, you know, be one of the, like the, the starters. But every time I'd start something, I noticed she beat me to the punch, which I felt really nice about it. And she's like, so I just want to work with you. I think you're doing great things. Can we like figure something out? I'm like, 100%. That's all I'm about. Let me add you to the groups. I already have boom, boom, boom. Now I notice when I check out her Instagram, guess, guess, what kind of useful followers slash pictures she has of her page. God damn it. So I'm like, oh my God, this is my moment to shine. So I'm like, hey, uh, do you wanna, I'm like, hey, do you want to meet up at a coffee shop to do work? It'll be much more productive. Really, it's not. It's just, I want to sit down and tell you to your face. Do you know this girl? So we sit down, we talk, and then me being, you know, slick, and by slick, I mean not slick at fucking all. I just look at her, I'm like, yo, do you know me or not? <laughs> She tells me, yes, she does. And I, I basically fess up. I tell her my whole life story. And she's like, oh, my God, this is the cutest thing ever. Like, after all this time, you still care about her? I'm like, yes, that's all I want. I want to win her back. I've done everything in my power to prove to her I am worthy. You know what I mean? Now, what's really funny is that she ended up finding out that, that like, I'm the one behind all of this. And she's like, she's happy for me. But she was seeing someone. And, oh, my God. Yeah, and... And me being me, I'm not I'm not a piece of shit, contrary to popular belief. I'm really not. So I wasn't going to message her and be like, hey, fuck this guy. Come to me. I'm doing all this. I didn't do that. But when um, there was some kind of there's some miscommunication between me, her and the girl in common that the girl in common told her like that I want her back. I was like, oh, fuck, you should not have done that. And then oh she messaged. God. Yeah. And then she messaged me telling me like, hey, um, I, you know, this, like a, like one of those long messages. And then what I found really peaceful to me is that when I made that event happen, I, I had a moment in the event where I stood in the middle, basically, and I looked around and I was like, yo, I literally, I'm not going to be a dick and say I made the whole thing happen, but I kind of did. You know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so I looked around, I was like, honestly, even though technically I did this for her because I just want her to notice me. That's I got... some fucking next level Gatsby shit. Yeah, no, you, you, you don't oh, understand. That ended. I am the biggest romantic you'll ever meet. So, but anyways, oh I, looked at, I looked around. I was like, you know what? What I got from it was more than I expected in the sense of I brought these people together. I made connections with people that I never thought I would be able to make. And it was literally that night. I was finally over that girl. 
Like I, I, I felt, I felt at peace. I was like, because I reached my peak, I think, you know what I mean? Like I was about to do some crazier shit. Like I had, I can like even send you guys pictures. I, I write, I write down a lot of my ideas and thoughts. Um, cause I'm a, I'm a creative. So I actually came up with like a whole plan to go on Brands Got Talent, uh, where what I do is every audition, I'm holding on to a journal, but no, but I never address it. So it's a subconscious thing where I want people to be like, why the fuck is this magician holding a journal? And at the end, I'll, I'll be like, this is time to address it. Like on my third audition, like when I make it to the finals, because I'm that confident and I'll give it to the judge and I'm not going to explain how I do it, but I tell him to open a page and he happens to open to the page where I write down my story of how I broke up with a girl. And that was going to be the trick where it's like dedicated for her. That's how far I was willing to go. But it's I'm, so intricate and complex and specific. Yeah. I just, I feel like we need to take a moment here and just sure. address Xavier. Britain's Got Talent? Why Britain? <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're gonna hang on to, nude? Because I have other things to I, say. I fucking lied. That's a Britain. Why not America? Got talent. <laughs> but I'm glad you asked. I'm. Uh, uh, there's actually a reason because Britain's Got Talent only has three stages to make it to the finals, so it's technically easier mm. to reach the finals. And the only okay. the only way for this whole like plan to like you know be perfect is for me to do it at the finals. So the odds of me reaching the finals with BGT is much higher than to reach it in America's Got Talent. And mm. America's Got Talent, I feel like, will be racist because I'm a, an Arab Canadian. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm not, I'm not like, going to take chances there. I fucking knew there was a reason why Britain. Okay, Shireen, what did you want to ask? Um, I have no, I, I'm not going to ask anything. I just have two comments. I also don't know why you clung on to that out of this entire story. No, you so were like, wait, Britain's Got Talent? And it, yeah. <laughs> Um, That's hilarious. I mean, I, at the, we don't have great choices, right? The English are colonizers, so whatever. That's true. Um, yeah, so, so two things. Yeah. I am the I am the resident romantic on this podcast, Aww. so you know, back off. Okay, my bad. Second, <laughs> my bad. I did not expect it to go like that. Sure, all right. Second, um, you know, you you said that you were doing all of these things to prove that you were worthy of her, and all I could think while you were telling the story is was she doing anything to prove that she was worthy of you dude yeah i know here's here's the thing so my problem is and honestly i fucking need to have this problem i don't know how to fight it is i'm a helpless romantic and when i fall in love i, I get the love goggles right mm-hmm. so yeah in a sense listen don't get me wrong she's an amazing human being but at the same time there's some things now that I think about I'm like well why the fuck could you not just you know meet me halfway and do this or do that so but no relationship is perfect right that that is for sure Mm -hmm. um and at the same time I feel like when I was seeing her I was two years older than her and I think that makes a difference because of how old we were so I was 21 I think she was 19 if I'm not mistaken yeah I think at 19 20 21 you're not really that mature you don't know what you want and all that jazz so i, I don't take I, I don't look at her as the bad guy at all i don't i don't look at anyone being the bad guy i just think it's it was really bad timing you know but oh i like, completely agree it's a classic story of could have been perfect at a different time like exactly 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 it's very sweet though that so much of your drive to get to where you are right now was by this this girl we're, we're being raw, right? Hi, 
Uh, how are you? Oh, okay. Let's not, <laughs> not, not be that raw. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you join us in the podcast, please? One second. <laughs> okay, but like, does she know that she was the driving force to so many decisions? Uh, I don't think so, no. Oh, my God. Okay. Fuck. Okay. Xavier, you are hitting us with just bucket loads of information today. This is... I know. Like this is a content. A I swear to God. Like this is a content blessing. Honestly, thank you so much for it. But I, I got you, wow. baby girl. Wow! Wow! Okay. So, mm-hmm. when do you start making a living with magic? Uh, honestly, like comfortable, like comfortable. Even till this day, I don't think it's that comfortable. But I would say six months ago. So still like. It's still very uh, fresh. It's, uh, that's why I don't. I don't want to go around and be like I know what I'm doing. I, I kind of think I know what I'm doing because I don't see any other musician doing what I'm doing in the short time span that it took me. At the same time, I think I have. I still have a lot more proof. You know. It's very impressive. Are you Are you on YouTube, Xavier? I'm not. Like I literally just uploaded one video, um, but I am getting a lot more active on uh, Instagram and TikTok. Yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty funny. Like, I'm into Thank it. You. Thank you. I have, I have a question. I have an answer. Okay. I mean, good. That is why you're on the podcast. Um, I'm just reading the manual. I'm making sure that's what I'm supposed to say. My bad. Okay, keep going. Um, so you, you decided to pursue magic. Um, I assume there was disapproval from your parents. So I think one of the big things that all Arab children have to do is learn to forgive both our culture and our parents for being such staunch representatives of that culture. Yeah, yes. Um, yeah. So can you tell us what, how that forgiveness kind of manifested for you? Have you forgiven your parents? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I definitely have. I think I reached that level of forgiveness when... Um, I don't know, like, I just, I was just getting tired of the fighting, the bickering. And personally, I couldn't find, you know, the motivation and inspiration from home. So I actually have a lot of uh, credit to give to like, YouTube, because I would just Google, or not Google, I would YouTube like inspirational videos. And I would stumble upon, you know, characters that I didn't know that existed. And I would listen to them as if they're my parents. So it gave me a lot of peace of mind. And when I had that peace of mind, I started to think, okay, why why do my parents feel the way they do and when i figured out the answer to that i i almost wanted to like hug them because i'm like shit these guys like are literally brainwashed since birth to be like this is the life nothing else is acceptable so i'm like i understand why they they felt the way they did so i kind of had to be the bigger person and be like you know what uh just suck it up just keep doing what you're doing and then eventually they're gonna come around like i'm fortunate i don't have parents who are complete assholes Mm -hmm. um because i i know those exist right like it would be ignorant of me to say that they don't exist so i know my parents love me i know they want the best for me and i know all they cared about on a binary level is that are you making money from this are you gonna be able to support yourself so Mm -hmm. it was just about you know being open be like mama baba look this is how much i made and then when they started to be shocked and not believe me like they paid you this much for an hour i'm like yeah. And then when I got that consistent gig that I have now, it got them even more comfortable. 
Uh, and that's all, all it is. It's just communication, understanding what they, what they want from you, uh, understanding that it's not going to be an easy journey, that you're going to have to let them scream at you a lot of times and not say anything back. It fucking sucks. But unfortunately, we have to do it. But it will get easier with my kids, for example. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we have to suffer yeah. in order for our kids to not go through this. But if I don't go through it, right? And if I stayed at university, who knows? Maybe I would have been brainwashed as well. Maybe when I have kids and my kid wants to be a painter, I'm like, are you fucking dumb? You're not <laughs> going to be a painter. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? So, so it's I look at it as um, something that needs to be done because, you know, you're, you, you want to have, you want to continue your, your legacy. And I want my legacy to be great. And I want my kids to be great. And I want them to do whatever they want. Same thing for their grandkids and so on and so on. That's how I think. I mean, it's it's so difficult because I think for us, part of the process is also pushing them off the pedestal that unfortunately our culture places them on, right? Like, why do we all struggle so much to do what you did or to even consider doing it is because we are taught really early on that whatever our elders say is law, basically, and we cannot argue with them and we can't fight them. And so it, it makes it that much harder to actually, because um, like you saved yourself. But not all of us uh, have that strength or luxury. Um, I didn't save myself, for sure, so for sure. And let me let me tell you something. I, honestly, I think the reason why this worked out for me, and I'm you know I've never really like openly discussed this before. But when I suffered from like depression, I like I reached rock bottom in the sense of I was like, is it even worth living? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I do. So when I reached that point, that's when it was a lot of peace for me because I was like, oh, wow, this is how much this matters to me. Like, if I continue to go to university, I'd rather die. Holy shit, that's a powerful emotion to, to really process. But because I had that to back me up, my parents yelling at me, like, as much as I love my parents, was nothing, man. Because you guys yelling at me and then I got to do what I love, okay? Opposing to you guys giving me hugs and kisses, but then me constantly thinking about, you know, just like offing myself. I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. I'd I much rather you guys yell at me and then figure it out later and just do what I love. It's just, it, it, it made, it made it, not only did it make more, more sense to me, I, I think honestly that that is why I managed to get to where I get. Like, it, it, it's, it's like, imagine you fighting someone for food and you're not really hungry, but the other person is starving. I'm willing to bet you a million dollars. The person starving will win that fight because it's a life oh, or death yeah. situation for him. You know what I mean? So that's how I looked at it. I mean, that's pretty apt. If you have to face the reality that something that you're doing makes you want to die every day, you should probably not be doing that. And yeah. uh that's it's an interesting way of looking at it that that it's a blessing that it was something that was so certain something that made itself so obvious to you and uh mm -hmm. and I, I guess i guess it was it's honestly a very mature and positive outlook on the situation and i'm glad that i'm glad that you saw what needed to be done and that you did it um but shushu you mentioned earlier that some of us don't save ourselves and and it's true. And maybe in part, it's because nobody reaches that rock bottom. Mm -hmm. But also, Shireen, I think in part, it's just easier not to. And sometimes there's no passion strong enough on the other side, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, 
so for yeah. Xavier, I'm not sure how big magic was in that push of like, I love this so much. I want to do it. But for some mm -hmm. people, it's like, I don't love anything that much, but I know that I don't want to go to school, in which case your parents are going to be like, Balakhara, like you're going to do it, you know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny you say that because I don't think magic was necessarily something I was insanely passionate about. Like, I love it. Till this day, I love it. But I think it was more just about, I, I just want to explore life, you know, and magic was an it was a way for me to do so like i started to, to figure out like with these 52 cards i i'm going to events i technically have no business in being at do you know what i mean and it just felt fucking amazing like i get to meet people i have a different mindset who get to teach me a lot of things just because i can do magic like 100 that's how i look at it it's a tool like i'm, I'm more than a magician i want to do so much in life but I found out that I'm pretty good at magic and it's a tool that's helping me open up doors I never thought would be possible, you know? And I, that is what fuels me. I absolutely fucking get that. That mm. is a good way of looking at it. I mean, Nur, also, because yeah. you were saying, like, it's also about the strength of that passion, but I would argue it's probably not because some of us just pick our battles, right? I decided not to pick that battle, um, despite the strength of your passion despite the strength of my passion so it's because it's a long drawn out exhausting battle and that's just i'm not built for that kind of fight mm -hmm. and, and here's the thing I, I think people let that get in their head like that's okay you know it's not a negative thing to be like i'm not built for the fight that then now that's actually a good thing because now you just discovered i cannot do this and that's amazing because yeah. now you just save so much time. So many people, for example, like I know some of my friends, they they open up their own business. They think they can do it. And I'm supportive. Like, I hope it works out. But then a year later or even two years later, they're like, fuck, I'm really not up for it. Like it took them two years to figure out that they can't be the one to do something like this. They have to work under someone. But then for you, you must figure out like in, in a less uh, time span uh, and maybe you like committed less to it than someone else would did so i don't know i always look at almost any situation as the cup is always half full and not half empty because if you just focus on the emptiness that, that that shit is mad depressing like if but if you focus on what's filled in the cup it's uh, it makes you a lot more uh, content like honestly xavier the way you're saying it i can't help but think about like okay i'll give you an example I yeah. really, 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 really fucking want to do something. There is something that I want that I'm not willing to discuss, but there is something I really, really fucking want. Yeah. And I've wanted this thing for a long, long time. And cool. in the past year, I have had to come to terms with the fact that every time I sit down to do something that will lead me in the direction of the thing I want, I don't do it. I can't do it. It makes me upset to do it. It makes me anxious to do it. Mm -hmm. And like I've been pining after this. It's the only word for years and years. And it just gets to the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm fucking pining and being miserable because I want something that I have proven to myself. I do not currently have the ability to get, but I'm still yeah. sitting here pining over it instead of just being like, you know what? Maybe not right now. Let's put that in storage and readdress it in 20 years. But like there's so much time wasted in trying to convince yourself that something is possible that's not possible. I would, but see, that's the thing. I don't, I, I, I never look at it as time wasted because it's only time wasted because 
if you compare yourself to other people and, and that's the biggest downfall to everyone. I, I literally look at my journey as my own journey and I could care less what anyone else is doing because my living circumstance is so different than yours. My personality is so different than yours, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The only thing I can tell you from what you told me is that you can't really achieve anything unless not you have to be in love with the end goal and with the journey. And it sounds mm-hmm. like you like the end goal, but the journey is just not something you can digest. Then that's not for you. You need both of these things. Like, you know what I mean? Like, a quick example, like for magic, I see a really cool trick. I'm like, I want to perform it. I look at the tutorial. It's the hardest trick to perform. So now if I don't, if I don't learn it, then that means I don't really like magic. I just like how it looks at the end. Because in order to like magic, you have to like the hours it takes for me to be able to do what I do to get to the prestige moment. It's the same thing with anything. You have to be in love with the journey and uh, with, uh, with the pot of gold at the end. That's my opinion. You've got to love the process. You've got to love the process. Yeah, 100%. Oh, man, I had, I had one more question for you. Go ahead. Magic is pretty fucking out there. Like, it's a pretty out there choice. Like, you know, there's mm-hmm. painting, there's writing, there's, uh, there's so many career paths in the arts and in creativity that, you know, Arab parents wouldn't approve of. But like you went for magic. Do you think your parents would have been like maybe more okay with it if you said something like, I'm going to make a video game? Yeah. I mean, so another like I guess fun fact about me is I'm I'm a really, really good uh uh, drawer. Is that how you say it? Um I would say artist or sketch artist. Artist. So yeah, I'm a really, really good sketch artist. And when I was a kid, um, I was self-taught and I was like drawing shit. Like it looked like like a, like a photocopy, basically. So there was a time, yeah. So there was a time where my parents were kind of okay with that being something I can end up in do, doing. But unfortunately, when I came to Canada, um, the cultural shock that I went through also made me depressed. And I ended up dropping like everything that I like I liked art wise so I, I put that behind but I think they would have been okay honestly if I got into that like if I went to OCAD for example for drawing or painting mm-hmm. um, I don't think it would have been that difficult for them to digest because at the end of the day it's not just about what job you do it's also that paper like they really care about that they want to see that I graduated from this university so oh. I, I can't graduate to do magic you know what i mean but with arts you can actually graduate from ocad for like multiple uh uh, reasons so yeah i hear you i hear you i hear you um okay this is the new last question because i made it up on the spot (laughs) Um, so xavier every transition that you have told us about in your journey to become the amazing wonderful young man that you are it seems like Every transition has come with a period of depression. Have you ever sought treatment in any way? No, never, because I, I, I struggle with understanding if I'm, I'm a creator, creative, or if I'm like a scientist, if that makes sense. Because now that mm-hmm. like you have to be one or, one or the other, uh, I, I think I'm coming to the conclusion I'm like a, a bit of both. And I think that's OK. Um, and by the way, this all makes sense, I promise, in a second. No, dude, this is never... what you're describing is like my constant personal inner turmoil, but continue. <laughs> okay, perfect. So 
a, a hero of mine, like if there's one person I would worship, it'd be this guy. It's uh, Leonardo da Vinci. I, mm-hmm. I, I if, if there's one person I want to be, it'd be this guy. And he was a bit of both. He was a mad scientist and a creator. And something that you can read in his biography or in almost any creator's biography is that when you're upset, when you're depressed, it kind of helps your creative outlet. And I'm not, so that's the thing. I, I'm not one to hate when I'm depressed because I'm like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to acknowledge it. That's one. Two, I'm going to accept it. Three, I'm going to use it to funnel something great out of it. So with I like I was insanely depressed after I broke up with for example, but because of that breakup and that depression, I created the most amazing shit. I, I don't even know how my mind thought about. So I never seeked help uh, or sought help for that reason. And the other reason, I'll be completely honest with you, and I, I know it's a negative thing, but deep down, I feel like if I do that, that's me admitting that I, like me admitting defeat that like I need help yeah. from an outside person. And I know there's a lot of, you know, negativity around that opinion, but personally, I find that it works because it's almost like working on my brain. Like I literally sit down and I meditate and I, I try to like get myself out of it. And uh, so far, you know, it's, uh, it's worked out. So the, 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 those are my two cents about that matter. I really, really, really want to jump in, but Shushu, I'm going to let you go. Okay. I mean, like, I'm just going to be antagonistic so are you me too oh oh, cool oh this this poor dude like why why do people come onto this podcast right (laughs) i am ready i I don't know dude i just completely disagree with that because in times of like i i I guess it depends on what your creative process is but in times of um, very high anxiety for me because i don't experience depression but i do have periods of like bad anxiety um Mm -hmm. i i'm unable to like i I, like i i write romance and it's really difficult for me to write or tap into where i need to tap into when i'm feeling that way one and two it is actually a huge sign of strength for people to actually go to therapy it's not about Mm. it's not about admitting that there's something wrong with you it's just about allowing yourself to be vulnerable uh, with another person in the room with you. And that is like the strongest, most human thing that anybody can do, I think. Uh, See, but, but, here's, but here's the thing. I, so I, okay, I, can, I understand what you're saying, but the way I decide to do that is, for example, what I'm doing with you guys right now. But the idea of going to see someone who I'm only meeting because of kind of like a business purpose in a sense, you know, like I'm paying to see you. You don't know me. You're, you're like, you're going to analyze me to me it makes me uncomfortable, but like talking to you, someone who I've met in person, it was like a natural uh, way of meeting someone or like to a friend that one I'm comfortable in like opening up, but to go to a therapist, just, I, I could never, I don't know, just personally, I, I, I couldn't really put myself up to it. I have so I'm much just, to say. I'm going to explode. I'm literally vibrating just over say it. Just say okay, it. <laughs> Okay, so uh, my most recent diagnosis in the past three months is bipolar type 2. I have Mm -hmm. recently started getting medicated for bipolar type 2. I am doing much better. I -hmm. still have really, really, really low days that are very bad and very dark and very scary. I experienced my first episode of depression when I was nine years old. And I experienced my first hypomanic episode when I was 15 years old. 
This mm-hmm. is something that I'll go into more detail about in our mental health episode, Shushu, whenever we do that one. Mm-hmm. For many years, I saw therapists who suggested that I might be bipolar. And I rejected that because I believed that that would mean that there is something wrong with me. Now, hang on. I'm going to come back to the something wrong with me thing because I have a lot to say on that, too. Mm-hmm. I thought that what these um, therapists were telling me because I was paying them and because they had to find a diagnosis because that was their job. What I thought that they were saying to me was that I had an artistic temperament. And when I would have my um, explosions or the screaming on the bed or the body made of lead or the inability to breathe or the periods of being unable to leave my bed or shower or clean myself or feed myself. Every time I was having these experiences, I too would convince myself that I simply had an artistic temperament and that Van Gogh was so insane he cut off his own ear and that Lord Byron was so deeply depressed that he wrote the most beautiful poetry or that Sylvia Plath committed suicide and she is one of the greatest women in American literature, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can always say to yourself, well, of course I'm like this. It's because I'm an artist and I must suffer for my art. And I fell victim to this as well. But looking back, everything that I have created when depressed is horrible. And everything Mm -hmm. that I have created when manic makes no goddamn sense. The only work that I have done that has survived the test of time has been the work that I have done when I have been in a stable place. Don't get me wrong. I'm still inspired by my darkest periods. But to convince myself now that the only way I can be an artist is to continue to live that horrible cycle of misery? Absolutely not. And you don't lose any of the artistry, Xavier. It just everything is is it's clearer. It's just more crisp. The lines are are more clean and there's less there's less gray around the edges is the best way that I can describe it. So I hear yeah. what you're saying. And I know that you're what you're, you're four years younger than us. So you're 23 now. Oh, when yeah, I was yeah, 23, yeah. I was in the middle of rejecting therapy. I was in the middle of rejecting medication. Like I, it mm-hmm. took me till 27 to get over my fucking self and actually go try to get myself taken care of. And therapy doesn't medicate you. Therapy is just a good place to talk, but they're not your friend. So they don't feel the need to be nice to you. Like they will straight Mm -hmm. up tell you when you're being neurotic. And that's what you pay them for. You pay them for the unbiased opinion because they're the only ones who are going to tell you when and how you suck, which Mm -hmm. is helpful information when you want to suck less. Right? So just something I want to make clear. It's not like I don't suffer from depression constantly. It's more about when something like you know traumatic happens in my life then i unfortunately end up going into this like drought for like a long time so that's why i personally haven't really like chased after it but i don't know i guess it's one of those situations where given more time maybe i'll feel more comfortable but as of now i just it's not something i could see myself doing yeah just i mean give yourself time but i i knew i completely agree with every single thing you said obviously but um (laughs) Just give yourself more time and and really think about it because I'll um and like nude what you're saying because like nude and I kind of had the same mindset because we grew up together we went to school together we were bo- we're mm-hmm. both like tortured artists to our core yes and, and yep. like, what I what have I been like I've been complaining to nude lately and one of my big complaints is that I am not suffering for my art anymore and so it feels wrong haven't I said that to you nude. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Yeah, I'm just like, 
I'm not suffering for my art. It feels wrong. And Nude is just like, why suffer? Why can't you just love it and have a good time? And I was like, that's very fair. So, um, <laughs> so there, there, so like, although like for me, there was a period of uh, anxiety and self-loathing that led to my like great work of art, if you want to call it that. Yes. But, um, it would have never been finished and it would have never become what it is now if I didn't have a therapist to be like, let's take you out of that place of self-loathing, you know? This is what I'm saying. At the end of the day, I didn't need it to write a good book. I just wrote a good book. Mm -hmm. And it was what you had nearby and so it's what inspired you, you know? Like, to be a creator doesn't mean to be miserable. It doesn't have to be, for God's sake. Like, you know how they talk about, like, uh, toxic wellness culture? This oh, yeah. is basically, yeah, this is basically toxic artsy culture. If you take anything to the point of pain, it's toxic. It's true. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. So we're just, we're just saying it. We're not trying to be antagonistic. I know how difficult it is to make the choice to go to therapy. And I say that as oh, someone uh, yeah. who has, like, I am known as like a super tough person, always has it together, just has like, like you, you'll never find me with like a hair out of place even, but that's shoo. Yes, I did reach a point. And, you know, people ask me like, why are you going to therapy? Like if nothing is wrong with you and I'm like, nothing actually has to be wrong with me. I just really want to talk and I want to be a better person for the people around me and for myself is what took mm -hmm. me there mostly. Um, and it worked for me. And like, yes, it's unfortunate that my misery led to um, creating something that I'm really proud of. But I, when I look at it now, I don't even relate it to that misery. I just see that as someone who was struggling at the time, I went to the most sugary, feminine, like ridiculous thing I could. I just like jumped right into romance novels and there was no, no looking back and frankly, like no no like torture to be had i'm like it's banned it's not allowed this is a romance novel blocked right Can't <laughs> there you go so there you go um and so we're just you know just something to think about the hardest decision anyone will make is to make that first phone call to a therapist yeah it's really scary yeah it's, uh, it's, it's scary gonna, and it's weird it's gonna take me some time for sure, but no, I'm uh, I'm not against it. Like I, I know a lot of people do it, and I there has to be positive positive outcome from it since a lot of people are doing it. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it's just like a battle between me and myself that I have to overcome before like I actually go and uh, yeah, sit down of and course, talk. of course, you'll get you there. Know? You'll get there. You absolutely okay. will. You're you are a small child, and we are so oh proud God, of everything dude. you have done. He's twenty three. Do you remember twenty three, Shushu? Do you remember twenty three? What year was it when I was twenty? Exactly. Exactly. Wait, it was two thousand sixteen. Fuck yes, I remember it when I was twenty three. <laughs> How was that for you? I was in grad school and frankly, it was shit. That was the year I discovered Bernie Sanders. And I feel like my life has been shit ever since because I realized how toxic the establishment is. And now I'm super anti-capitalist. So, you know, I do remember 2016. It's the year I got super woke. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. You sound like just like one of my friends. This is hilarious. I, I want him to listen to this podcast now. Because of it. It's so funny. Okay. 
link us up to your friend's podcast because we're always looking for anti-capitalist content to talk about. Well, she like she doesn't have a podcast. Like she's just on Instagram, but that's all she talks about on her Instagram. It's hilarious. It's so funny. Can you tell her? Can you please tell her to listen to Don't Tell Baba? Yeah. Because we are like the anti-capitalist, anti-establishment, pro-therapy podcast of 2020. Tell yo friends. Tell no, them. No, no. Honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send her uh, your Instagram and be like, just give these guys a listen. She already listens to so many podcasts about stuff like that. So she might as well. And she's, she's Arab. Like, come on. Do them a favor. Support your own. She's going to love us. I'm <laughs> After this, I'm going to go and pray for you guys and hope that works out. Oh, my God. Xavier, what are you actually going to do for us, though? (laughs) Thank you. No, I'm playing. I'm going to send the links for sure. 100%. Thank you, friend. You are a wonderful, wonderful man. (laughs) Holy shit. Shushu, did we have anything else that we wanted to talk to Xavier about? No, I mean, Xavier, unless you want to throw in anything else, I can take us out. And this has been fun. I've never, yeah. I've never done a podcast before, by the way. This is the first time I've ever done, I've done it. Aww. Oh my god, are you serious? Yeah, this really just felt like a conversation. And I think that's how it should be, right? So it's pretty cool. Yeah. We are yeah. the conversational oh, podcast with Middle Eastern <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's such high praise. We took his podcast genity. Basically, you pop my No, it's uh, it's time for me to pull the plug because I hated everything about that sentence, and this exchange is now going to end. This Fair has enough. been yet another episode of Don't Tell Baba. We hope you enjoyed it, and hope you'll stick around for more. Our music is by Amar on Fiverr. His username is ch6k0r. Post production is done by Nur's husband Mike. So thank you, Ahmed and Mike. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> For more shenanigans, find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Baba Pod. If you want to drop us a line, call us at 530-32-HADOM. That's 530-32-42726. We'll see you next <laughs> week. And remember, don't tell Baba. Don't tell <laughs> him that you want to be a magician. Oh my god. Don't oh my god, don't do that. <laughs> Big no. Please. Please don't. I'm begging you. You don't want to go through it, please. Oh, my God. <laughs> love you, Shu. I love you, Nude. Well, thank you for joining us, Xavier. No problem. Thank you for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Oh, love you all. Love you guys. Can I say love you as well? Yes. You are allowed. <laughs> okay. I, I don't want you guys to, like, you know, like, love is a big word. People are weird with it. I love you guys. I love you. Here you go. I said it. <laughs> love you too. Oh, I I'm in love. the family. I'm in love with you. I'm no, now it's awkward. It. Now it's awkward. Now it's oh, awkward. Dear. Oh, dear. Oh, <laughs> dear. I don't care. It's meant to be awkward. He's he's a real cancer. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. He's in love in the course it's, of an hour and 24 minutes. It's my time to leave for sure now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.